0: Untold Physio Stories listeners can save 10% by going to Edgemobsys.com. That's E D G E M O B S S S Y S dot com slash Untold to save 10% off their first purchase. Edge Health and Tech Solutions.
1: We do websites that work for you and give you an edge over the competition.
0: We're live. Three, two, one. Welcome back to Untold Physio Stories. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. E, with Modern Manual Therapy, Untold Physio Stories, the Eclectic Approach, and Edge Mobility System. And with me is a guest, Dr. John Diamond. Um, John, you want to introduce yourself?
1: Uh, My name is John Diamond. I am an orthopedic physical therapist. I have a private practice in New York City, uh, and my practice is called Dynamic Sports Physical Therapy. We've been around for about 16 years now. Um, treating a variety of orthopedic conditions. And uh, that's pretty much me.
0: Yeah, recently went uh, full telehealth thanks to uh, COVID-19.
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, we are, uh, yeah, we are on we are in lockdown in New York City, the parent epicenter of coronavirus right now. Uh, offices officially closed and uh, exploring my way through telehealth uh, like the rest of the physical therapy community. As uh, as I stay at home with my three kids and uh, my wife, and uh, try to get them outside as much as humanly possible.
0: Sure, that uh, the sun is good for you, right? We don't get enough of that. So the reason why I wanted <laughs> the sun is
1: <laughs> the sun yeah, is good. the
0: reason why I wanted John on the podcast is uh, speaking of telehealth. Uh, you know, I th- I feel like I was one of the first PTs, um, at least like publicly online, to do that way before it was even a thing. Um, and, and John reached out to me several years ago with some lumbar issues. You want to, you want to recap that?
1: Yeah. So probably my story goes back about three or maybe, maybe even four years at this point. Um, I had taken a continuing ed class that was put out through uh, functional movement systems. It was a great class. It was down in Pennsylvania. I remember it well. It was like a, a two day class. And one of the guys that I, got very friendly with through the course, um, was a personal trainer and the class was, um, it was the, uh, it wasn't the SFMA class. It was there. It was the, I think it was SFMA one and it was, it was a combination course. And what essentially had happened was I got really into weightlifting coming out of the class. I've always been a relatively athletic person. Um, but I would say my body type is more on the leaner side. And, you know, like the the grass is always greener, you know, whatever, whatever you don't have, you want. And I always wanted to put on more muscle. And I really got into deadlifting. And I I was saying I had befriended a guy who was a trainer um, at this course. And the two of us started working out together. Uh, I was doing personal training sessions with him once a week. And my goal was to kind of like, you know, get stronger and and, and deadlift a lot of weight. And I started to develop uh, some low back pain and um pretty much did everything i tell my patients not to do Uh, i didn't slow down Uh, i didn't like you know regress my exercise and try to figure out maybe where my low back pain was coming from i just kept deadlifting. and uh you know sidebar it's it's not a great look for your orthopedic physical therapist to have low back pain as he's treating his patients but that's kind of where i was and I remember one day I was went through my regular warm up with this guy, and he was a really, really knowledgeable trainer. Even he was like, "Hey, maybe we should hold it for the day." And I was like, "No, we're deadlifting today." Um, and uh, <clears throat> I remember the exact episode where it happened. I don't remember the day, but I remember like something was different about my back pain. I took a ride home on my uh, my bus ride home back to New Jersey from my office in New York, and my back just felt a lot different. Uh, a lot more discomfort. And when I woke up the next morning, I had a lot more radiating pain uh, coming down my left leg. And at the time, uh, the pain was most pronounced like my lateral gastroc. Um, and I think I, you know, I started it, it, as an as an owner of a physical therapy practice, it was really difficult, maybe more difficult than it should have been looking back on it uh, to get treated in my own office. Um, everyone had their own schedules and I didn't want to take up anybody's space. So I, I got some physical therapy from a guy in town in New Jersey that I know, um, really good PT. He did some needling at the time. Uh, I believe he did some needling at the time. And, uh, um, I got some acupuncture treatment from an acupuncturist who I knew, and I saw a cranial sacral therapist that I knew and I was kind of bouncing around and that's where I, where I reached out to, uh to urson because i had taken one of his classes and i had followed his website and um, kind of thought maybe we could do like a, a telehealth session um, just to kind of get me through some of the discomfort that i was that i was having so i guess that's the kind of the, the longer story about how i got to him well i didn't know
0: i don't think we went over all that uh that it was essentially your fault <laughs> kind of thing in the history
1: <laughs> right
0: right yeah that was totally like... my
1: fault <laughs> my and as my wife will remind me to this day, she's like, you know, you did this to yourself. I'm like, yes, I did this to myself. Yes, I did.
0: Right, right. There's um, things eventually add up, right? I always like to say pain and injury happens because your activity exceeds your capacity.
1: Totally, totally. <laughs> yeah. Looking back on it, it's so it's like, you know, hindsight, but uh, at the time, you know, when you're, you have three kids and you have a practice and you're busy and you only have like, you know. These 45 minutes to get my workout in. I was like, I'm getting my workout in. I'm not doing, you know, I'm not going to try to figure out what's going on for 45 minutes. I'm I'm working out for 45
0: minutes. Sure, I think you noted you. Um, I've touched upon this in a couple podcasts too, and even on my blog. As a practice owner, uh, back when I before I was a sole practitioner, when I had uh, a business partner, and I needed help with my wrist, it is difficult to when you get treatment from your partner. Or even from a student who's in there. Everyone has their own schedules, and it's always like, "Hey, this is bothering me." And you get a visit that you would never get at a good clinic, totally. right? You pretty much like, "Oh yeah, do this. I want you to try this. Uh, all right, let me let me move it a couple of times." And then, oh, here, here's my patient, so I got to go.
1: Yep. Yeah. That's like good. that's
0: pretty much our visit.
1: Yes. Exactly. So what I
0: had, yeah, what I had done in the past is I actually put myself on my on my partner's schedule, knowing that it would actually cost us both money, but. That's probably what you have to do unless you're gonna go outside, mm-hmm. um, like what John did. Mm-hmm. So um, you're only gonna get good treatment at your own clinic if you actually put yourself on someone's schedule. not like don't ask them as they're grabbing a hot pack, like what I was doing.
1: <laughs> Lesson learned. there you go.
0: <laughs> right, right. So anyway, I mean, when John reached out to me, I was all excited to help a fellow PT. Um, you know, a lot of the telehealth that I was doing way back when, and I thought it was more than three or four years ago, actually. um I was thinking it was more five or six years ago but um you would know because you had you eventually had something done mm-hmm. you know we probably tried what like two or three sessions yeah i
1: think it was two sessions yeah. yeah yeah
0: and i yeah and i feel like we only got maybe minimal pain relief and no centralization correct
1: correct yeah yeah and i think uh that was yes yes totally i could remember exactly like where we did the telehealth session in my house yeah totally
0: yeah and i think i even had Uh, Your wife probably doing like overpressure and just trying different things, which is what I also recommend for telehealth too. You know, people are like, well, how will manual therapy be done? It doesn't always need to be done, especially um, because it's transient and we always want to promote active strategies. But if someone needs like overpressure or um, some sort of P to A or something, it is very easy to have like a partner or anyone else, even like a kid. um, You can just explain how it needs to be done to kind of get that patient feeling better so they can do their own home exercise program. Mm. Um, And I remember the biggest thing that I took away from not being able to help John, like I was so disheartened because he's uh, you decided on a surgery, right?
1: I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And before he even goes on to what happened after that, um, the thing that really kind of struck me, like I was basically thinking, uh, you know, I, I tried and I failed. Uh, but the way John put it is like, Hey, you know, I have kids, I have a family to feed. I have a practice to run and I, maybe this will get better in like six months, but I can't wait.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. And I think that should also be a huge takeaway. Anytime you fail anyone. Um, I mean, just understand that when people opt for surgery and you tried your best, you tried your best, but yeah, I mean that, that the research shows that, you know, 90% of disc sequestrations, spontaneously resolve in six to eight months, a lot of people can't wait six to eight months. Right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Totally. I mean, I think uh, ultimately for me,
0: just fill us in on what happened and what, you know, what you decided on.
1: Yeah. So what, what eventually happened was my pain was just like, it was, it was awful in the, especially in the morning. Um, like I would just get the searing calf pain and I, I couldn't even walk like from, Port Authority in the city, I take the bus to Port Authority, like in order for me to walk from Port Authority to my office, which was on 39th Street, I had to like, pretty much stop and like squat down in the middle of like the street, you know, or a sidewalk as if I was a catcher to like, looking back on it, I was just creating this decompression and it would relieve my symptoms enough that I could say like walk another 500 feet. And then I remember like a, a turning point for me was that I was at my son's uh, basketball practice, and I was—I think they were—they were young, like maybe they were ten or something—and I was demonstrating a layup, and I was going up with my right hand, and I went to push off my left foot, uh, just to go into a plantar flexion to, to push off, and I just like didn't have the strength that I thought should obviously be there. I mean, how many times have have, have I done something like that, and it really bugged me out, and I was like, "Wow, am I losing strength back there?" <clears throat> and I started like testing it. Uh, maybe testing it too much. And like when I saw, I was eventually like, you know what? I need to at least get a surgical consult. I had two epidural injections. I don't know if I even, I don't know where I saw you in the midst of this, but I had two epidural injections and those epidural injections really did help a lot with the pain, but I felt like I was losing strength uh, in my plantar flexion. And uh, I saw a surgeon and the surgeon obviously is like, look, you're a candidate, but you know, it's kind of up to you. Um, what you want to do, if you want to wait it out, or you can have the surgery. And then I remember being at uh, another child's soccer practice and standing on the sideline and talking to a physiatrist from special surgery who, um, you know, we were very friendly at the time, like really, really good guy. He was actually a PT and then he went back to, to, uh, to medical school and um, had turned, you know, turned into like a, a really friendly relationship. And he said to me, I don't remember the exact quote, but he was like, I think if you had surgery right now, would give you the best chance of a full neurologic recovery or something to that effect and i think right there i just decided i was like you know what i'm just gonna have this surgery done um so i had the surgery uh had a discectomy um you know it was an outpatient procedure i think they ended up doing um, l4 l5 and l5 s1 i had it done in special surgery um and that's kind of, that's essentially what led up to the, to the surgical procedure.
0: When you said discectomy, do you mean micro micro-discectomy?
1: microdiscectomy. Yeah. So I had, I had, um, I had two, uh, I had two surgical consults, one with a guy who was at Mount Sinai and he was just like, you know what, I'm going to make like the smallest incision. It was like, you know, like a three inch incision and I'm going to put the scope in there and like, you're barely, you know, I barely even have to make an incision. And then I just had a, a discectomy by this guy at HSS. He was like, listen, my incision's like a little bit bigger. I want to be able to open you up and like pull the muscles to the side and really see what I'm working on. And when I told the guy at HSS that I had a consult with this guy from Mount Sinai, he was like, oh, you'd be great with that guy from Mount Sinai. Like, he's like, he's awesome. You'll be fine with him. And I was like, you know what? If that surgeon just told me that I should, that I would be fine with someone else, he was like confident enough in himself that he didn't like need my case. Kind of. I was like, all right, you're my guy you know, like right there on the spot. Um, so he, uh, this, so the surgery went well, my recovery was good. Um, I remember the most amount of discomfort that I had postoperatively, uh, was really, um, just like turning in bed, like getting from being in a supine position to a sideline position to dangling on the edge of the bed. There was a lot of discomfort with that, but it was localized discomfort. Uh, I didn't have any of that radiating pain coming down my leg and like most pronounced into my lateral calf. Um, and once I was up and moving, like I was pretty much fine. I think I was out of work for, I want to say I was out of work for about th- two weeks and then I slowly transitioned back into work, um, you know, around like maybe week three or so again, it's hard to exactly remember maybe week four. I didn't miss much time at work and I remember my initial, um, Talk with the orthopedic surgeon. Um, he said, when I told him that I was a physical therapist, he was like, Oh, you're my favorite patient and my least favorite patient. I was like, Why would I be this guy's least favorite patient? But then post operatively, I was sending him all this stuff that I wanted to start doing. Like, Hey, here's this research study that says I can do this, this, and this, and my outcome will be better. And I'm like blasting him with all this email and research papers. And he was like, You see why you're my least favorite patient now? Because I'm telling you to do nothing. I'm telling you to just sit and rest and let this thing heal. And the biggest risk was, you know, a reherniation within the first two weeks. So he's like, all I really want you doing is just walking for the first couple of weeks. So I listened to my surgeon and I really just walked for the first couple of weeks. And then I started getting a little bit more active as I transitioned back into my workplace.
0: Awesome. And uh, are you deadlifting again?
1: No, man. <laughs> great question <laughs> no 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 so i have embraced i've, I've changed my ways i've like imbra- i really i've like uh i've embraced my body type at this point like i i am what i am like I'm, I'm i'm taller i'm a little bit leaner uh so i really do not lift much more honestly like i don't lift probably over like 35 pounds almost like ever i do a lot of push-ups i do a lot of pull-ups i do some single leg deadlifts with a kettlebell but again that's like 25 30 pounds I do some squats with, like, a 30-pound kettlebell. Uh, I run a lot. I've been running a lot. I um, probably lost about 15 or so pounds, like, since this whole thing started a couple of years ago. I'm pretty lean. I'm probably the leanest, like, I've been since probably high school. Um, so I have definitely changed my workouts uh, a lot. <laughs> Needless to say. right? Right.
0: Yeah, and it would be it would probably be possible for you to go back to thing, totally But uh, uh, I'm a little bugged. You know, I'm a little bugged Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Right, right. I think uh, when something like this happens, it's easy. I always say that uh, you need to have like the universe against you with a certain condition before you can really empathize with your patients, right? Like if you're super healthy and you're fit, like a lot of like new grads or something who have always worked out and they maybe they were a personal trainer before they were in PT school, it's really hard to empathize. With someone who's in a totally, lot of pain don't totally you think is
1: and then the other thing and i think i always like knew this but it kind of hit home with me like looking back on the entire thing like the hindsight of it is like you really need to listen to what your patients are telling you um and like really pay like when you're doing that subjective part of the evaluation like like looking back on it and me saying like hey i can't walk from you know like uh eighth avenue to seventh avenue i have to stop and I have to squat down, and then my pain goes away, and then I could walk again. Like what I was saying, I'm so dumb to not like listen to myself. Like what I was saying was like I was responding to flexion at that point. Like, and even now, if my back feels a little bit like sore, if I do flexion based exercises, I feel better. Like I, I just, I, I, just didn't, I just didn't listen to, I wasn't paying attention enough to my symptoms. And it, it sounds like so simple, simple to look back on it right now but I think maybe if I would have tried more flexion based things and, and and gone that route and really aggressively pushed in that direction maybe this could have been avoided but I, I I don't look back with regret on having a surgical procedure and I think that's the other thing I take away as physical therapists we're always trying to like fix things and I think like like you do I take things personally like if I can't fix someone if I can't help someone get better. I feel like if they had to have that surgery, then then I think I feel like I I almost failed. But I think what I took away from it is that there were so many people that were trying to help me. And when you have really, really talented people that are trying their best, and you're still having their symptoms, then like maybe surgery is the answer. And I hate to say that because we're physical therapists, and we feel like we can fix and solve. But you know, I'm a, I'm a positive surgical outcome. Like I'm, I'm leading a, a, a pain-free life right now. I'm active. I run three days a week. I work out, you know, lifting, even if it's just body weight stuff, two days a week, like I'm happy with my three kids and my wife and my practice and everything right now is good.
0: That's great. Yeah. Um, normally I would say if you're a patient and you're seeing like a ton of different practitioners and, uh, and no one is helping, it, it could be you. But in this case, it wasn't you. It was actually the fact that you probably, you needed something more than rehab.
1: Yeah. 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 I think you're probably right. So Yeah. All right. Well,
0: hey, thanks for coming on. Um,
1: yeah. My pleasure, buddy.
0: Yeah. I'm glad that everything worked out. And, uh, you know, many times, especially after a, a patient goes for surgery, um, they don't come back to you because maybe the surgeon refers someone else and uh, you can reach out to them a couple of times and you never hear from them and you always kind of or left wondering. Mm. I had reached out to John um, at least a year later, and he said everything was okay. And he's, uh, But I, I never really knew the entire story. So I thought, you know, it'd be um, good to hear from both sides. Because I know, again, as PTs, we, we tend to feel like failures. But I've referred people for surgery. I've referred people for nutrition or, or a neurologist or something. And when they finally get help, uh, they still actually refer you patients. So don't think People will be happy if you give them a solution, even if that solution is not you. Don't feel like you, um, you know, have lost the battle if you refer out, because sometimes you're you'll still get to a patient to someone who can actually help them, and you'll still end up getting you know an evangelist and a referral source. So, right. thanks for listening to Untold Physio Stories, and uh, thanks, John, for coming on.
1: My pleasure, buddy. Have a good day.
0: You too. Well, you can find me, uh, Dr. E, at Modern Rehab Mastery. That's our new online mentoring program. It includes modern manual therapy, modern patient education, and modern strength training. It's three months with three mentors. So one month with each mentor, four weeks, tons of modules, lots of CEUs, learn at your own pace for a month, then move on. Um, so go beyond the seminar. You also get chat room um, with your mentees and mentors and live Q and A's every week. Check out all my products, Edge Mobility System. We have the new Edge ISTM toolbox that includes the Edge Mobility Star and the OG Edge Mobility Tool, our Edge Restriction System BFR Cuffs. That's part of Dr. Kyle Coffey's Monitor Strike Training BFR Certificate.